What's good and what's going on, Marquette Nation? This is your sports audio producer, Jackson Gross, finally back in the Marquette Radio Studio at Marquette University. It's been a while since I've been in here, and we're here today to preview National Marquette Day as your Golden Eagles will be taking on the Butler Bulldogs. And I just happen to have an in at at Butler, my former high school friend and intern with Butler Athletics, former Butler Collegian writer and Butler basketball enthusiast, Ethan Pollock. Ethan, how are you doing, my man? I'm doing fine. Thank you for that really long intro. <laughs> I, I have a, long, a lot of titles, and you pretty much nailed all of them. So I'm just happy to be on your show and happy to share all what I know about Butler basketball. Yeah, it's it's a really exciting time, and I've, I always want to get the titles right and everything. It's part of the job, man. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and let's get started uh, talking about your Butler Bulldogs right now. Uh, just kind of give people here at Marquette an idea of where they sit at in the Big East and just kind of the state of the program at this point. Yeah, so this start of the season has been kind of a little bit more of a wild one because we started with a brand new head coach because last year or we had a guy named Laval Jordan, who's actually now a, uh, working with Fox Sports as an analyst. You might see him on uh, pretty much any of the show or the pregame shows of any Big East games every once in a while. But he used to be our head coach. And for the longest time, he's been, I think he was with us for three or four years, and he just could not be able to turn this program around. Um, he had one successful season. That was the first season as his head coach when I think believe that was the COVID year where Butler was ranked fifth in the nation at one point. And, of course, COVID shut it down. We never even got to see what that team had in store. And, obviously, after that, Laval couldn't put anything together for the next two years, both losing seasons, both finishing in the bottom, very, very bottom of the Big East standings. And so, eventually, Butler decided to move on from him. And they were looking for a new head coach. And it, pretty much the new head coach they chose kind of took everyone by surprise because they ended up hiring Thad Mata. So for those who didn't really know Thad Mata, he used to actually be the Butler basketball head coach way back <laughs> in 2000, um, all the way back then. And he only uh, was the head coach for one year, led Butler to the tournament, and then took a job at Xavier, worked there for about, I think, one or two years. And then he was the Ohio State head coach the longest time coaching players like Mike Conley, Greg Oden, and some other greats that have come out of that program. And eventually he ended up taking like a health kind of like sabbatical. He kind of stepped away from college basketball for a few years. And then out of the blue decided, you know what, I want to come back and play or do college basketball again. And ended up choosing to then come be our head coach. And everyone was all over Fadma. This Like everyone, at least on us students, were like, this is the best hire we've ever had in in a long time and so there's a lot of promise a lot of hope going into it and then it even got better when we started landing our recruits including pretty much our headliner Manny Bates who this season has been I guess a little disappointing but still better because Butler hasn't had a legit center so Manny Bates is a six foot eleven uh pretty much center that uh, he came from he was a grad transfer from NC State uh, leads NC State in history in blocks. So this guy is Ooh. pretty much a brick wall at the net. And um, he being able to have him come to the team was awesome. And then being able to add a few more guys in Ali Ali, 
who's who's an Akron transfer, and then even Eric Hunter Jr. from Purdue ended mm-hmm. up coming over. And so you'd think all these guys that we have on our team, um, to be able to have them come and join our team would be able to help us kind of push us over the edge and finally be able to compete in the Big East again. And let's just say that hasn't happened thus far. Yeah. <laughs> um, currently sitting at 10th in the Big East, only ahead of Georgetown, which is not an accomplishment. No, um, no. Yeah, they're they're sitting at three and nine conference record, a half game behind DePaul at three and eight, uh, eleven and twelve overall record. They've been good at uh, Finkel. They're eight and four, or Hinkle, excuse me. They're eight and four at home, two and six on the road. Yeah, we we're not very not very good on the road. Haven't <laughs> haven't really won many games outside of Finkel, and I think that's been our biggest problem. I think, and the worst part about all our losses that we've had thus far. Is none of them have been close. Mm-hmm. Like I think our four-game losing streak that we're on right now, all of them have been by more than twenty. We've Ooh. lost by more than twenty points the last four games. Yeah, so, not not looking so hot. <laughs> no, yeah, just taking a look. Uh, Creighton back on January seventeenth, a twenty-one point loss uh, at home, a twenty-point loss to UConn at UConn a 21-point loss to Providence at Providence, and then a nearly 30-point loss to Seton Hall, 70-49 to uh, this past Saturday. That's That's been a bit of a rough stretch. And, I mean, outside of that, you had a win against Villanova back on January 13th, but lost the other two previous to that. So it's been a rough stretch for, for Butler basketball right now. Absolutely. And a lot of it has to do with injuries as – Butler has just found themselves kind of just constantly in an injury just streak where to start the season before we even step foot, uh, Ali Ali, one of our transfers, who's a six foot ten guard, who was supposed to be our best three point shooter on the team, ended up getting a concussion and breaking his nose in oh. practice the day before we <laughs> like this season started, and so he was out for two, three months. He couldn't even go to any of the games because obviously concussion protocol, they don't want him in a loud environment. Right. So he couldn't even be really with the team during the games. And so eventually, I think by the first or second game of the Big East, he was kind of finally able to start getting some more playing time and working his way up. And now he's in the starting lineup and starting. But he had to wear a mask for the longest time. And actually, uh, last Saturday against Seton Hall was the first game he played without a mask. Mm-hmm. And so dealing with pretty much injuries with that. And then you look at some of our bigs, Jalen Thomas ended up getting blood clots before to start the season. So he was out for a very long time. He didn't get any warm up or anything. He also started his first game on the first game of the Big East. And then Manny Bates recently ended up kind of tweaking his knee was out for the last three weeks too as well. He came back, I believe, last week um, again in in the game against uh, Providence was his first game back. But he was out for a little bit too, as well. So kind of just a roller coaster of games on all over the place. And then uh, even, but one more before <laughs> you think it didn't get any worse. Uh, Chuck <laughs> Harris, our, our pretty much best player, um, actually this Saturday or uh, a few days ago um, in our game against Seton Hall, he was diving for a loose ball and uh, pretty much got a knee to the front of the head and then a foot to the back of the head and was, <laughs> from my view pretty badly concussed like he could barely get up and it was not good he was literally on the dead center of the court right in the bulldog logo and it was just pretty much in my my opinion just kind of picture perfect in a sense that that has summed up our season right there 
Um, is all of our players just can't, are just so unlucky in the, being able to stay healthy, and then we're relying pretty much on all these young guns who should be redshirting right now, but we have mm-hmm. to play them because we don't have anyone else to play. Exactly, and I mean, what's uh, what's without uh, ruining your internship or anything? Like, what's do you have an inside idea of if Chuck Harris will even be playing this Saturday? There. If I had to take a wild guess, he's in concussion protocol, and he got that on Saturday. And usually, those concussion protocols last about a week or two. Okay. Um, so I don't even I don't see him coming back until maybe uh, like two weeks from now, probably, because if he could barely walk back, and so anything that's like that severe, I don't even like as a fan, even as like an intern or a fan, I'm like I don't want him touching the court until he's like cleared like two by two or three doctors. I, I'm of course, I'm a Dolphins fan. Too, yeah, the whole Tua situation. I don't, I don't want him to going anywhere near the field until he's actually cleared. So, um, I do not see him being ready in this game against Marquette. So, um, <clears throat> so it seems we're going to be down on guards and down. At least I think I think most of our bigs are back, but we're going to be weak on guards. So, hoping Marquette doesn't have that good of guard <laughs> uh well unfortunately i have i have news for you my friend uh marquette might have probably two of the top 25 guards in the country right now uh tyler kolek was just named Big East player of the week after nearly putting up a triple double against paul on saturday and then that's not to say marquette is also dealing with some injuries of their own uh sean jones hurt his uh he's a first year guard really solid defensive player uh, read my story on marketwire.org. Um, but, uh, yeah, he injured his wrist uh, in practice before the game against DePaul. He didn't play. And then during that game, our leading scorer, uh, or Marquette's leading scorer, Cam Jones, uh, injured his his hip going for a steal. He really wasn't the same after that, but uh, not sure the status of Cam or Sean at this point. But it's all right when you have sophomore forward David Joplin putting up 28 points on eight made threes. So, but yeah, it should be it should be a good one here on on Saturday. Hopefully, uh, a lot of these guys can be be back in the lineup now. Just I know you said down on guards and that's concerned, but just overall as uh, a Butler fan right now, what are your just concerns with your team going up against a team with Marquette? Which I'm not sure if the AP polls come out yet, but right now there's a top 16 team in the country. Yeah, so obviously Marquette is one of the top teams in the Big East, and they have gone out and proven it this year. Um, and it's, and I, in all honesty, I, too, I, I was all over UConn at, when the Big East started. I said no one was going to touch UConn, and UConn's pretty much sitting dead center of the conference right now. So, And to see Xavier, Marquette, and Providence sitting up, up top and pretty, pretty much at the Big East standings, it kind of came to a shock to me um, at the start. But I, I, I've watched a few of their games. And Marquette has certainly deserved it from the players that they have. You guys, but you are a high-flying offense that kind of pushes the pace. And Butler is usually, they kind of like to take things slow. We don't have the guards to be able to push it up court. Um, And our speed on our bigs is not the greatest. So if you guys are able to kind of push the ball up and down the court, Butler's transition defense is not the greatest. So, I'm definitely concerned about being able to do that. Um, and then we've also kind of struggled from stopping or struggled to stop the three ball um, so far this season. And 
I mean, just through, through and through mode, like the guards, if, you're, if you pretty much set like one or two screens to get the right switch, Butler doesn't really know how to adjust to that because most of our guys are still kind of in the developing phase. We're still trying to learn. Uh, we do not, like our two, we have two grad transfers besides that. They're pretty much juniors and below. And so we're a pretty young team. And so, and I'm assuming Marquette's a lot more experienced since most of these guys have been here a while. And Chuck Smart is a really, really good head coach. And so... Mm-hmm. I'm just very worried about the kind of game plans that he has coming our way because Dad Mata has kind of been proven to be, at least uh, it, it, it hurts to say, but I feel like he's been getting out coaching these last two games because I think while he's been out of basketball, things have changed. And so he's still trying to adjust to the new wave of college basketball. Well, it's tough. And that first year is for a new head coach is always tough. I mean, we're seeing that with uh, Shaheen Holloway at Seton Hall not having – the best season to start out so far. I mean, Seton Hall six and five in the Big East right now. Um, it's it's a tough stretch for, for first year head coaches, uh, especially in a, such a conference as the Big East right now. But yeah, I, I saw this uh, advanced stat the other day where basically Marquette is really high percentile. They, they either get layups and dunks or they shoot threes. They rarely shoot mid range shots. And the thing is, is that you were thinking like Marquette a lot of returning players there there was but a lot of these guys I don't think there's a senior on the roster playing right now we we brought in really? Zach, we brought in Zach Reitzel from uh Loyola Mar- not Mar- Loyola Marymount or Loyola New Orleans excuse me and he ended up going out with an injury uh, early on in the year had to get another knee surgery but yeah I mean Cam Jones is a sophomore Tyler Colex a junior and this is his second year uh also Godaro's the most experienced and He's only a junior at this point in his career. So it's been a really interesting thing to watch with so many young guys on this Marquette team. Um, And just taking a look at some other stats, you know, it's going to be a battle of who can be slightly better on the glass than the other team at this point. Coming into this matchup, Marquette sits at ninth in rebounding margin at negative 4.4, Butler and dead last at 11.2. Uh, I know you've had injuries to your big uh, big men, but why such such issues rebounding in the basketball this year? Um, so between so we have two bigs that are kind of been our main centers throughout the year. Um, it used to be just Manny Bates because our other big, Jalen Thomas, uh, grad transfer from uh, Georgia State, um, he was uh, obviously out with that blood clot situation. And so now that he's back, him and Manny have been kind of splitting back and forth. Our big problem, though, is that Manny tends to get into foul trouble pretty easily, mm-hmm. um, leading to Jalen Thomas having to come in and play. And both of them are really, really, really good at blocking the ball because they're able to move their feet and get in front of the ball. The only problem is they're not as big and tough down low. Like, it's, like they have both shown to struggle to be kind of to pretty much body guys and be able to kind of toughen their way to get an easy layup. Um, and so with those situations, as, they're, as the bigs, they're getting bodied and moved all out, of the, pretty much get thrown out of the way every single time. Like we were playing Sonogo, obviously, uh, in UConn, and obviously Sonogo is one of the best players in the Big East, but he just absolutely owned Manny Bates the entire mm-hmm. pretty much time. He would sit there just pretty much – one like pretty much he would back up to him one two steps and he's underneath the basket it was just simple as that and so we've struggled to be kind of tough underneath the net and kind of defend it from that standpoint um and so 
that is why we have been really, I think, unable to kind of control that entire eight situation and being able to allow us to even get those rebounds to be able to play because it's the way that we run our offense. We just hope that many Bates can get every rebound, and most times that is not the case. Yeah, I was just taking a look at uh, Sonogo's stat line in, in that last game Butler played against uh, UConn. 17 points, 14 rebounds, perfect split, seven offensive and seven defensive rebounds to go along with two blocks. Yeah, it's not not really pretty at all in terms <laughs> of uh, being able to grab those rebounds. It's, we, we had a lot of hope for our bigs to be able to get those rebounds, and we thought both of these guys, Manny Bates and Jalen Thomas, would be the answer. And it's been tough because Manny Bates and uh, Jalen Thomas both really, really love the fadeaway and the mid-range shots. Just something I also forgot to mention earlier is, believe it or not, Butler is like one of the top three-point shooting teams in the nation. The only mm-hmm. problem is we don't shoot the three ball. <laughs> we our our favorite shot is the mid range, and not just the mid range, the deep mid range, which is the worst shot in basketball. And so, the fact that we continue to rely on that to be able to win games has obviously shown to be a problem because we can't win the important games because we're always whenever it's getting down to the wire and we're beginning to start kind of getting down and the other team's gaining momentum. You think, oh, let's be able to go try and set up a three. The only person that can really shoot threes on our team is Seamus Sukoshis. Mm-hmm. Everybody else has shown to struggle. So, and as long as you stop, obviously, Seamus from the three-point line, it's pretty much game over. And that's, I think, been the game plan for most teams whenever they play us. Yeah, and I was just taking a look at the, the three-point attempted. Butler is only ahead of St. John's, Xavier, and Georgetown in terms of and providence in terms of three-point attempted they're at 214 on the year where marquette is at 267 three-pointers this Holy season moly. <laughs> yeah they marquette likes to jack up some three sometimes i mean you got cam jones who likes to shoot the three obviously david joplin had that big game against depaul uh where he, eight of 11 from the three-point line um Chase Ross, another first-year guard, he's been decent from three, not super his game right now, more athletic getting to the paint, but Marquette likes to shoot them threes. So, But who is who is someone that, as Marquette fans, should be concerned about, even with probably the loss of uh, of Chuck Harris that uh, on Butler right now? Um, so, obviously, the the loss of Chuck Harris hurts, but it's going to make things more interesting because it's then going to reopen the game plan to one of our other guards, Jane Taylor, who at the start of the season pretty much had a really, really good start. He was our, he was our leading scorer. He's a sophomore guard. Um, and he's, he is very, very good down low. He's a down low guard that knows how to get to the paint easy. And I think he, in all, in my opinion, he's one of our only guards that knows how to do that properly kind of get the force of fouls and be able to get to the free throw line. Um, and so he was averaging around 16 points for the first, I think, month, month and a half, um, especially when we were playing in those tougher tournaments. And so, I mean, it did help uh, that the fact that, once again, I'll, I'll go back to the injuries again to kind of put this, things in perspective. Um, like during our, I think, our Battle for Atlantis tournament that we went to, which was one of the top tournaments in the tournament country at the time, uh, we were playing a total of six 
players. We only had six <laughs> players available for that tournament. And so as a group of those six players, they were able to rack up the points. And Jane Taylor was our best scorer on that team. And so with now Chuck Harris out and Manny Bates kind of not fully healthy, I think they were, Jane Taylor's going to try and to be able to kind of take advantage of that opportunity again. And so I think he might have a good time to start, or he might, uh, might, might be a good time for him to start stepping up and kind of take over Chuck Harris's role. And then obviously Seamus Lukosius has been other top scorer. He is the only player on our team that could reliably hit threes. Um, and so you got to be careful of him beyond the arc. He pretty much likes to chuck up at least five or six, maybe even seven threes a game. So he will be, letting it fly at some point in the game. It's just a matter of if it's going to go in or not. And so <laughs> there's two players. I don't want somebody to give me one, but I think Jane Taylor and Seamus are the two guys you got to watch out for. Yeah, I was taking a look at, at some of their stats the past couple of past couple of times. I mean, um, uh, Jaden Taylor right now uh, leads Butler in free throw attempts with 78, tied for the second leading scorer. And I remember Seamus uh, Lukosis because – the last time these two teams met up, at least at uh, Hinkle, I'm trying to find it here. Where is it? Here we go. Yeah, he had 14 points on two for two from three, I believe, and two of, oh, two of four from three. Hit a couple of free throws. There's five of seven in that game last year on, on February 12th. I, rem- I remember that game well. But So, um, as, we're, as we're wrapping up here, uh, Ethan, what are just uh, overall just – predictions for uh for national market day with with butler marquette and where both teams are at at this point um so i i think that marquette is pretty much solidified themselves as one of the top teams in the big east and so i'm very excited to see where they go this is going to be i think in this game specifically it's going to be a bit of a high scoring one maybe more for marquette um obviously chuck harris is a huge huge loss and I remember the games last year when Chuck Harris was out with COVID, I think, or there was some reason that he was out for a few weeks. Butler could barely score. So without him being able to kind of facilitate our offense, I'm very worried. And I'm I'm kind of putting up our hopes that we well, – I'm hoping to score 50. That's pretty <laughs> much as high as my hopes are going to get for Butler to score. So I think if Marquette can score 50, which I guarantee you they can, um, it sh- they should be able to handle Butler pretty well. They're a well-coached team, and um, I think it's going to be pretty much all Marquette. Yeah, I mean, taking a look, I don't know how much you look at uh, Ken Palm uh, stats right now. Uh, Marquette has the number one offense, according to Ken Palm, at 121.8. So, And they're, they're averaging a ton of points right now. I don't have it right in front of me, but... Um, I'll have to, you'll have to twist my arm for me to <laughs> disagree with you there, Ethan. I think uh, Marquette's going to be able to uh, take care of business on, on National Marquette Day and set up a big matchup in a couple of weeks with, uh, with Xavier here at uh, Pfizer Forum. Absolutely. So, all right, that's, that's going to do it. Ethan, thank you so much for, for hopping on with me. It was really fun, and I'm, I'm glad I was able to get the, all the phone technology working and everything. Yep, I'm happy to spend my time talking about Butler Bassley, even though sometimes you might, might not just be as good as I had hoped. <laughs> well, uh, speaking from a Chicago sports fan experience, I, I can definitely relate to you there. Uh, but that's going to do it for Wire Sports Weekly this week. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to 
Share this all over social media. We're going to be on here on Spotify and SoundCloud. All right, Marquette Nation, have a great day and enjoy the rest of your week.